Welcome to Main Thing Radio with Robert Fountain, pastor of Calvary Chapel, Miami Beach, in Miami Beach, Florida. Join us as Robert teaches through God's Word. Jesus is definitely concerned with your physical circumstances, your physical health and and, and well-being. He's much more concerned about your spiritual well-being. And it's critical that we remember that and understand it because, see, we we tend to focus mostly on this life. We we keep our eyes fixed on on this life. And when we do that, a lot of times our theology can go bad. We, We can begin to think incorrectly about God and His Word. Just as God has cared for and continues to care for the needs of animals and other living things, so does He take care of your physical needs. But in today's message, Pastor Robert will remind you that Jesus is more concerned with your spiritual well-being. How's your heart? Where do you want to see growth? Stick around after today's message from Pastor Robert. I have quite a bit of information that I'd like to share with you. Our web address, podcast subscription information, and our contact information. Now here's Pastor Robert in the book of Matthew chapter 9 with today's edition of Main Thing Radio. Go and tell John the things that you have seen and heard, that the blind see, the lame walk, the lepers are cleansed, the deaf hear, the dead are raised, the poor have the gospel preached to them. He said, go tell John, that, go give him the evidence. These men, they they had to rationalize away the power of God which they saw manifested through Jesus as he healed that paralytic that day. Why would you do such a thing? I mean, it's always a heart thing. It's always a matter of the heart. It's never a matter of the intellect. It's always a matter of the heart. Always a matter of the heart. Point number two. While Jesus is definitely concerned with your physical circumstances, your physical health and and, and well-being, he's much more concerned about your spiritual well-being. And it's critical that we remember that and understand it because, see, we we tend to focus mostly on this life. We, We keep our eyes fixed on, on this life. And when we do that, a lot of times we'll, our theology can go bad. We, we can begin to think incorrectly about God and his word. We can misunderstand some of the things that he's written there. If you understand that, like any good parent, God looks at, at you and, and at me, and, and he knows that this, this life that we're living is It's just the tiniest little portion at the beginning of an eternity that lays out before us. You know, little kids, and I love what 
you know, Ken Graves talks about the fact that, you know, prior to World War II, give or take, kids were kids only until they were physically large enough to begin doing the work that adults could do. So, in other words, somewhere between the ages of, say, 11 and 13, a little boy became a man. He didn't become a teenager. That concept didn't even exist. You were either a boy or you were a man. One or the other. And, and what we've done, there, there was a reaction, you know, because the, the you know, little boys and little girls were, were being put to work too early. They were being worked too hard. They were being exploited. They were, no question about it. But as we human beings often tend to do, there was an overreaction to the point that children were now, it's like they had a right to play every afternoon after school. And they weren't expected to learn responsibility and go to work until sometime much later. And this whole idea of the rebellion that's normal for teenagers, do you understand that's not normal? It's not biblical. It's not. If we have a duty as fathers, we have a duty as parents and grandparents to teach our children to go from being a child to being a man. Childhood is a short little period over here, and then you begin to accept responsibility. Then you begin to grow up. You begin to go to work. You begin to do stuff. And we have a duty to train them in that, not to baby them, not to carry them halfway through life, but to train them to become responsible, productive, healthy adults in every sense of the word, right? Physically, emotionally, psychologically, certainly spiritually. Everybody with me? And Jesus looks at us, and it's the same thing. It's the same thing. See, we get, all we focus on, all we focus on is the 70 or 80 or 90 years, whatever, that we have on earth. That's just the beginning. That's like kindergarten. It's the beginning. And God looks at us and, and see, his focus is mostly beyond the grave. And we've talked about this before. I don't have time to deal with it today. But do you understand that it's not out there somewhere floating around like, you know, on a cloud with a harp. You know, it's, it's actually, the Bible says we're getting a new heaven and a new earth in which righteousness dwell. And heaven and earth are going to be merged. What you see in the Bible is once everything is completed, and he does that with that recreation and that fulfillment, the full redemption of the creation, this is going to be amazing. Forever. Forever and ever and ever and ever. And we're, and we're going to be involved in that somehow. We have a lot to look forward to. That's where the focus should be. Luke chapter 12, verse 4, Jesus taught, I say to you, my friends, do not be afraid of those who kill the body, and after that have no more they can do. I'll show you whom you should fear. Fear him who, after he's killed, has the power to cast into hell. Yes, I say to you, fear him. Are not five sparrows sold for two copper coins, and not one of them is forgotten before God? But the very hairs of your head are all numbered. Do not fear, therefore, you're of more value than many sparrows. 
Almost looks like a contradiction, right? Fear God, but don't be afraid. No, what he's telling us is fear God and nothing else. What are you, what are you fearful? Are you afraid of death? Why? That's the beginning of everything for you as a Christian, as a, as a child of God. Fear God and fear nothing else, no one else. Jesus continually pointed us beyond this life. One of my favorite examples is John 14 in verse 1. Again, Jesus said, let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. He would have told us if this was not true. If, if, if our priority should not be the next life, he would have told us that. If there's nothing there, he would have told us that. He says, I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I'll come again and receive you to myself. That where I am, there you may be also. Listen, he has a place prepared for you. He's got a place ready and waiting on the other side of the curtain. You don't have to stress out about it. You don't have to be worried about it. And that brings me to point number three. Following Jesus means bringing other people with us. Now, I've already established, see, you can't change anybody. You can't make anybody do anything, right? You can't change anybody's heart, change anybody's life. What they do, how they react, it's outside your control. But two things you can do. You can pray for them and you can invite them. You can bring them. These guys were absolutely determined. Listen to what Mark says about it. Again, Mark chapter 2, verse 1. Again, he entered Capernaum after some days and it was heard that he was in the house. Word got out. Jesus is in the house. Immediately, many gathered together so that there was no room to receive them, not even near the door. And he preached the word to them. Then they came to him, bringing a paralytic who was carried by four men. And when they could not come near him because of the crowd, they uncovered the roof where he was. So when they'd broken through, they let down the bed on which the paralytic was lying. When Jesus saw their faith, he said to the paralytic, son, your sins are forgiven you. Now, one really quick but important observation that it's easy to overlook. Whose faith was Jesus talking about? He says their faith, right? Their faith. When Jesus saw their faith, whose faith? The faith of these guys who brought this man. His love is the main thing. His love is the main thing. We're so blessed to be able to bring you messages from the pages of the Bible right here on Main Thing Radio. We hope you'll tune in again. But in the meantime, you can find more teachings from Pastor Robert online at MainThingRadio.com. Listen to more messages there or learn about this program. Before we come to the end of our time with you today, we'd like to ask you to consider partnering with us here at Main Thing Radio. With more, here's Pastor Robert. We could really use your help. And you know, the, well, the Bible says that we partner together. When you support what we're doing in presenting the Word of God and the Gospel of Jesus Christ through the airwaves, we become partners in ministry and we, we could really use some partners. So would you pray about making a donation today? Thanks. God bless you. Thanks, Pastor Robert. That website once more is MainThingRadio.com. Would you also keep us in your prayers? 
We so appreciate your partnership and that you're a part of our valued listening audience. Thanks for tuning in today to Main Thing Radio.